B'Shem Hashem Na'asev Na'asliach. We are starting Parashat Lech Lecha in the Zera um, Shimshon on the Parsha. Um, today we will be discussing Parashat Lech Lecha Ot Yud Zayin Ot 17 Ma'amar Aleph, the first Ma'amar of the Zera Shimshon. And we'll do some in- introductions as to what we're going to be discussing a little bit. And then it'll be easier for us to kind of understand where the Zera Shimshon is going with all of this. This shiur is dedicated for the Rafua Shalema of Kol Chole Am Israel. May Hashem give a Rafua Shalema to all the Cholim and Cholot. For Eshrat Bat Esther and Yosef Ben Munavar, Revital Chaya Bat Gladi Simcha, and Yonatan Rafael Ben Gladi Simcha. And it should be also the zechut of the Zera Shimshon should be a Melitz Yosher and help all those singles out there get married Bezrat Hashem and be zochet to abayit in Eman Israel. Okay. So in this parasha, a lot happens in Avraham Avinu's life. Right? It's a span of many years. A lot happens to Avraham Avinu. At the point, he's first Avram. He's not even Avraham yet. He's Avram, and a lot happens in his life. He goes to war with five kings, and he comes out to be successful. Uh, um, miracles upon miracles happen for him, where um, with the people that he's with, which commentaries, commentaries are, are, have difference of opinion as to whether he actually had a small army of 380 people with him or not, or whether it was just Eliezer, whose numerical value is 380, right? So it's a difference of opinion. He maybe went with a small army, or it was just him and Eliezer, his servant. But one of the miracles that the Chachamim say that actually occurred for him was that he, was, uh, he would take dirt from the ground, they would throw dirt into the air, and the dirt would turn into arrows and <coughs> penetrate the enemy's army. And the enemy's army was huge. And I mean huge because it was five kings. Right? And they were not small people. And he beat them all in order to release Lot, who was ca- captive, who was taken captive. After this miracle happens for Abraham Avinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Abraham. And he tells Abraham Avinu, do not worry, because I am with you. Magen Ezrecha, I will always be your Magen. That's why we, we say in the Tefillah, uh, in the, uh, the Shemunah Esrei, we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Maren Avraham. It's actually Maren, not Magen, right? But we'll discuss the Diktukim later. Maren Avraham, Hashem who was the shield of Avraham. Shield meaning he protected Avraham Avinu in so many trials and tribulations in his life. One of which was saving him from these kings. So uh, when, Avraham, when Hashem tells Avraham Avinu that I will always be with you, and I will make sure that you will become great, Avraham Avinu sees this as an opportunity, which also is for us a lesson, as an opportunity to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for more, to ask Hashem for more. We call it what? In, in Jewish terms, we call it etrason. We talk about this a lot. Etrason. Etrason is a time of ratzon. Of, it's a pleasing time for Hashem. Meaning, a shefa opens up, gates of heaven open up for our tefillot and for those to be answered positively. So you take that opportunity and be like, oh, now that it's an etratzon, Hashem is being, you know, he has, I have found favor in God's eyes. Let me ask for different things. And it's a great opportunity. So when a person has 
Remember, if you remember last year in the Zerah Shimshon, we discussed when a person has a miracle happen for them, as soon as a miracle happens for them, when you thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for that miracle, you, you, you automatically put into motion a mechanism that will make HaKadosh Baruch Hu constantly do miracles for you. It's the same thing. When something good happens in a person's life, you take that opportunity and pray. Pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because it becomes an etratzon. Have you heard sometimes a person goes, oh, I am so thirsty. And out of the blue, somebody goes, hey, you want a cup of water? And that person hasn't even heard him say he's thirsty, right? Hey, you want a cup of water? And the guy goes, oh, I should have asked for Mashiach, right? <laughs> because you think to yourself, like, it was an etratzon. I said I want water and boom, there's the water, right? So I should have asked for Mashiach. So the lesson here is always ask for Mashiach. Always. It should be a tefillah constant in our tefillot when we're asking for so many things. We should always say, Kadosh Baruch Hu, first and foremost, please send our salvation, send Moshiach. We need Moshiach. If he doesn't come in the next minute, maybe you can make it possible for me to do this or do that, whatever it is that we're davening for. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Shehakol So in this opportunity, Et Ratzon, Avraham Avinu takes the opportunity to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu about children. And Hashem says, and Hashem says to, um, and Hashem says to uh, Avraham Avinu that he is going to be fruitful. But then Avraham Avinu says, Anochi holech ariri. Ariri means I, 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 am, I am going, I am basically in my life. Ariri means... Huh? No, 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 no. Unfruitful. Let's call it unfruitful. Right? I'm not, he was saying that he's not fruitful. He, ha, he hadn't had any children yet. Right? Now, to the, to the open eye, to the... What do you call it? To the... Not the open eye. My bad. To the... Untrained eye, whatever eye you want to call it, right? When you read this pasuk, when he says, I'm going without, he didn't have any children, you would say that Abraham Avinu is actually telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he doesn't have children, he wants children. Where is, how is his name going to continue in the world when Hashem is standing, telling him, don't worry, I'm going to be with you. So Abraham says, what's going on, right? So, Usually when we read this pasuk, we say, that's what Avraham Avinu is saying. He says he wants children. Listen to this Midrash. The Midrash says as follows. Oh, oh, hold on. When he says that, okay, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. When he says to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he doesn't have any children, Hashem says, do not worry. Why he says do not worry? Because Avraham Avinu was an astrologer. He had the chokhmah of knowing how to read the stars. And if you have the chokhmah of being able to read the stars, what can you do? You can tell the future. Right? Which, is, which, which was actually a chokhmah that existed at that time. Nobody has this chokhmah today. Period. It's too high of a grade of, of wisdom. Right now we deal with uh, electricity and stuff like that and iPhones. That kind of chokhmah is lost completely. Baruch Hashem. So all the peoples that you see by the subway, <laughs> just, just walk, walk by. When they go, oh, the Lord is angry. Abraham is God. You know, don't, don't mind it. Just walk right by. Abraham Avinu saw in the stars 
that he's not going to have children. He saw that in, the, in his future. And that Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took him outside from his tent. What did Hashem say to Avraham Avinu? He took him out. It says, he took him out from underneath the stars. And then he tells Avraham Avinu, this is famous. Hashem says to Avraham, what? Look at the stars. Can you count them? Avraham says, obviously not. Can you count the stars? If you think you can count the stars, you're wrong. You can't count the stars. Maybe to the naked eye, when you go outside right now, you see a few stars because that's what you're able to see. But there's, there's so many. So Hashem says to Avraham Avinu, just like you can't count the stars, your children are going to be as fruitful as these stars. That's what Hashem promises Avraham Avinu. But hold on a second. We just saw that Avraham Avinu was telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he's not going to have children, he saw it in the stars. So what's Hashem really telling Avraham Avinu? This became one of the pillars of Jewish belief for all the ages. Hashem was not just telling Abraham Avinu he's going to have children. He told Abraham, listen, I'm taking you out from underneath the stars, which means what? The stars don't apply to you anymore. Don't look at the stars and say, oh, but my future looks, what? No, don't read the stars. I'm taking you out from underneath the stars where your future is up to me. It depends on me. Meaning you pray to me, I will change whatever is in the stars. It's all up to me. We have a direct connection. Nothing is written in stone for you. What? No broker. Just no one's going to get commission here. It's just you and me, baby. Right? Right. Hashem literally was telling Abraham Avinu, I'll give you a good deal. So he says, and Abraham Avinu gets the guarantee that he's going to have children. However, the Midrash says something else about what Abraham Avinu said. This is what we know so far. So far what we know is that Hashem was really telling Abraham Avinu that don't worry about the stars. They don't apply to you anymore. They're going to apply to the rest of the world. For you, it doesn't apply. But the Midrash says something else. When Avraham Avinu said that that he's going, so to speak, without any children, what was he saying? He's, the um, Midrash says, Amar lefanav. He said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ribono shel olam. He said to Hashem, if I will have children in the future, and these children, chas v'shalom, are going to anger you, Avraham Avinu said to Hashem, it is better that he doesn't have children than to have children and they will come out to anger Hashem and do wrong in the eyes of Hashem. This is what the Midrash says, really what Avraham Avinu meant was, he wasn't upset, so to speak, so much as, much as he should be for not having children. He was telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by the way, if there will be children and they will come and anger you, they will not do your will, he was happy that he didn't have any children. He was okay with not having any children. Now this Midrash is mind-boggling. Because up until now, we always thought that Abraham Avinu was saying he wanted children. He was asking Hashem to have children so that someone will, his name will go on. But he was saying something else too. He was telling Hashem that he doesn't want to have children if they're going to grow, grow up to not do Hashem's will. Obviously by children we don't mean one generation, two generations. He was talking about like all generations. He was ready to give all of it up if it meant to disrespecting God's kavod. 
So now, and he brings here, this Sefer brings an example of Chana. Chana, who became the mother of Shemuel Hanavi, brought out exactly what Avraham was wanting, which was what? Chana prayed for a child. She, 19 and a half years, she couldn't have children. And she would pray for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what did she pray for? She prayed to Hashem. She said she wants a child that will grow up and she will, as soon as he stops um, feeding from his mother, she will give him to the Beit HaMikdash completely for Hashem. What does that mean? Chana was telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, she only wants a child because she wants to bring a child to do a Kiddush Hashem, to sanctify God's name. She wasn't saying she wants babies. She wasn't saying she wants to become a mother. She was saying she wants to fulfill her duty as a mother to bring a child into the world that will only serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why she told HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm willing only give me a child so that as soon as it stops nursing, I will bring him to the Beit HaMikdash and it's yours fully. Imagine the self-sacrifice. And who did she have? Shmuel Anavi. Shmuel Anavi is compared to Aharon and Moshe Rabbeinu together. He was one of the greatest Nevi'im of all time. Right? So now, the Zerah Shimshon, now that we have this introduction, the Zerah Shimshon tells us, he asks a question from the story of Chizkiyahu HaMelech. Chizkiyahu HaMelech was one of the most righteous kings after David HaMelech. And Shlomo HaMelech, he was one of the right, most righteous kings that Israel has ever known during the time of the temple. Chizkiyahu. Chizkiyahu HaMelech. I don't know, how do they say that? Ezekiel. Yeah, Ezekiel is Yecheskel. Chizkiyahu, I'm sorry. So, it was around Erev Pesach that Chizkiyahu HaMelech became very, very ill. Very ill means he was on his deathbed. He was 40 years old and he was on his deathbed and he was about to go. And there was a problem. During the time of Chizkiyahu HaMelech, there were two things that the Jews still had. One, if you guys remember, in the time of the desert, um, at one of the points when the Jews got punished and they were getting killed um, by serpents and scorpions and things like that, HaKadosh Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, go take copper and make a, 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 like a long a pole out of copper with a snake wrapped around it. And anyone that looks at this snake will be healed. Right? This is why up until today, a lot of the signs for medical practices is the snake around the stick. It comes from the Torah. Because that was what healed the Jews in the desert. But see, that copper snake didn't die out in the desert. It was passed down from generation from kings to kings and the kings had it. And in dire moments, when someone was very, very ill, if they would look at the snake on a stick, they would be healed. That's number one. Number two, there was a book of refu'ot, a book of remedies that was written, that was passed down from generation to generation. And Chizkiyahu HaMelech had both of these. And the book of remedies told you, I mean, and it was for everything. 
And it was without fail, without fail, no matter what the condition was, you would read what to do, you would do it, I was done. It was written Kabbalistically by the wisdom of Shlomo Amelech, and whoever, whoever had any mahalalu ala nubar minan, they used it and they were healed. Comes Chizkiyahu HaMelech and, and, and what does he do? He takes away both of them. Why? Chizkiyahu HaMelech was such a tzaddik, he was such a righteous person. He said, look, no one's praying anymore to Baruch Hu. No one has emunah in Hashem anymore. Whoever gets sick, right away they look at this stick and they go to the book and they find the remedies and everyone's healed. No one's praying to Hashem for a refuah. He got rid of them both. Now he's sick in bed, he has no remedy. And he's about to die. Comes who? <clears throat> Let me find my spot here. <laughs> Yeshayahu Hanavi comes to see, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Yeshayahu Hanavi, Yeshayahu is in English Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, goes to do Bikur Cholim, to visit the sick, and he obviously has a nevuah, he has a prophecy from Hashem to tell Chizkiyahu HaMelech. What does he tell Chizkiyahu HaMelech? He says to Chizkiyahu, Chizkiyahu, you are going to die. And it's a, so to speak, a punishment from Hashem. Asks why he deserves such an early death, 40 years old. And Yeshayah Melech turns to Chizkiyahu and he says, It's because you did not get married and you did not have children. For this, Hashem is cutting your life short. Chizkiyahu Melech turns to Yeshayah and he says, But hold on a second. I, I had a reason. He says to him, He had a reason why he didn't want to have children. Because he had seen in prophecy that he's going to have children that are going to be extremely wicked. They're going to spill the blood of countless Jews and they're going to do idolatry and they're going to bring Jews to do idolatry. So he chose not to have children. He didn't want to get married because he didn't want to bring such embarrassment to Kadosh Baruch Hu. He was ready to never get married, never to have children because he didn't want to, to do such, for his children to do such grave sins before God. To which Yeshayahu Anavi turns to him and he says, What do you got with God's plans? Who are you to want to have any say in what God plans? You have your mitzvot. You have your duties. And a duty of every man in Israel is to get married and have children. Lakim bayit, to have a family. That is your duty. The rest is up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You had no right to make a decision not to have children. To which Chizkiyahu Melech has nothing to say. So he says, okay. So he asks Yeshayahu, he says, I want to do Teshuvah. Give me your daughter as my wife. Let me prove to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I, I will change. I will marry your daughter. So at least in the Zechut that I'm a righteous king and my wife will be the daughter of the Navi, maybe the children will... He says, no. You're... you're your faith, your fate is sealed. God has given me the order, you are to die. To which Chizkiyahu HaMelech says, then leave me, get out now. Get out of my room. 
Yeshayahu Hanavi leaves, Isaiah leaves the room, and it says that Chizkiyahu HaMelech turned to the wall and he started to cry to Hashem. To which the Chachamim say, why does it say he turned to the wall? What wall? Why do I need to know where he turned? Just say he prayed. So Chachamim say it means to say that he prayed from the walls, from the depths of his heart. He poured everything out. And he really did Teshuvah and he prayed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Then Hashem gave him 15 years. Hashem forgave Chizkiyahu HaMelech and gave him 15 years. And he ended up marrying Yeshayahu um, um, Hanavi's, Isaiah's daughter. And the rest of the story, as we know, is history. He did have children. Menashe was one of them, Menashe HaMelech, who actually was a very, very wicked king. Right? What he had dreaded did happen. But he did the mitzvah of listening to the Navi and listening to Hashem that he had a job to do. And that's basically the story of Chizkiyahu HaMelech. You should know, Chizkiyahu HaMelech was one person that embodied emunah. He embodied belief in Hashem. When the Syrian army had surrounded Israel and they were going to come and massacre everyone, what did Chizkiyahu HaMelech do? Chizkiyahu HaMelech said to his entire army, Go home. Be with your families. We don't need an army. This is not my fight. I've done nothing wrong. My people have done nothing wrong. We have learned Hashem's Torah. We, have commit, we are committed to His mitzvot. I have nothing to fear. And Chizkiyahu HaMelech went to sleep. Do you understand? There were no guards at the walls. No guards at the gates. No one watching the city. Chizkiyahu HaMelech said, Hashem, this is not my war. I did nothing wrong. It's in your hands. What happens the next day? The entire army dies. Everybody. And it says, Malachim came, angels came, and literally pulled out all the neshamot from their bodies. Everybody died, except a few people, to go back to town and let everybody know, hey, shouldn't mess with the Jews. Everybody died. Right? And that's exactly what happened. One of the people that actually survived was Nebuchadnezzar, who became the next king who actually defeated Israel and destroyed the first temple. Right? So that's who Chizkiyahu HaMelech was. Now, the Zer Shimshon is going to ask. Lichora. He says, this conversation between Yeshayahu, the prophet, and Chizkiyahu HaMelech is... It's kind of strange because he explained to Yeshayahu why he didn't have any children or why he didn't get married. Why? Because he saw in Ruach HaKodesh that later on there are going to be children that are going to come out of him that are going to be wicked. Yeshayahu Navi says to him that he has no business, you know, putting his head into God's business the way God runs the world. It's not up to him. He needs to do what he needs to do. And he has to have emunah in Hashem. From this you see, You kind of understand from this that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem decides from the beginning who's going to be wicked, who's going to be a tzaddik. If, if Chizkiyahu HaMelech is saying he knows that he's going to have children that are going to be not righteous, what does that mean? 
That means Hashem has already ordained, yeah, they're going to be children that are not going to be righteous. That's, that's how it is. And we know that there is one thing that Hashem does not decide for a person. And that is whether they're going to be righteous or not. That's up to the person. How much chokhmah a person has, that's up to Hashem. Are they going to be sharp, not sharp? That's up to Hashem. That's how the person is going to be born. Are they going to be righteous or rasha? Are they going to be righteous or wicked? That's solely up to the person. So here it seems, according to what Chizkiyahu HaMelech is saying, it was sealed. It's sealed. And here, Yeshayahu is telling Chizkiyahu, listen, that's none of your business. Hashem decides who's going to be who. Don't put in. That's, it seems that's what's happening. Ach, however, he says this is hard to understand. Being a tzaddik or a rasha, a righteous or wicked, is not something that is decided from beforehand. Like having, like for instance, having wealth or chokhmah. Those are things that are decided from beforehand. But not tzidkud, not righteousness. Those are chosen by man. So the Zerah Shimshon says, what was really going on between these, the conversation between Yeshayahu and Chizkiyahu? He says, so yeah, I just want to put everybody's minds at ease about, you know, I'm sure people are thinking to themselves, that's why I'm like this, you know? I knew, like I couldn't understand why I'm so bad at math. Now I know it was God. Now I'm okay, you know? So these things, things that have to do with the mind, right, of how much a person can handle, so on and so forth, that's something that Chachamim say is decided. Decided how sharp you are, not sharp. However, I just want to point this out. That when it comes to Torah, that's not, that's not what counts. Learning Torah and understanding the Torah has nothing to do with the physical abilities of the mind. Whatsoever. There have been countless chachamim in the gen- this generation, past generations. That in school they couldn't do anything. So much so that there were chachamim that their rebbies would call the parents and say, listen... This kid just doesn't get it. Take him, at least teach him some kind of trade so that he'll be able to survive. And the child heard what the parents were talking about, about taking him out of yeshiva. They came and cried. Give me another chance, give me another chance. And they, wrote, they ended up writing Sefarim. They became the greatest Chachamim. And they attested to it. That yeah, mind power they didn't have. But Torah doesn't come from mind power. Torah is a gift. When you, put, when you put your effort into wanting to learn about the mitzvot, wanting to learn Torah, that's something that is given to you. Has no, it has nothing to do with how smart you are up here. Torah doesn't come from smarts. It's a gift. Because Torah is spiritual. It's not physical. It comes from a different realm. So it has nothing to do with a person's physical abilities. It has to do with how much effort we put into wanting to learn. That being said, so he says, the Zerah Shimshon says, like this, the Gemara in Yevamot says, that, that should have made everybody feel better. Or some people might feel a lot of pressure now, because they're like, I thought I can't learn Torah well, 
because I just didn't have the mind power. Now a rabbi just told me that it's my fault because I'm not putting enough effort into it. Whichever way you take it, I'm happy. So the Gemara in Yavamot says, this is page 62, Amut Aleph. Says, "Mai matarat mitzvat What is the reason? What is the purpose of the mitzvah of piryaverivya, of having children, of being fruitful? What is the purpose of this mitzvah? Rabbi Huna says that piryaverivya is what it is. It is a, a, a mitzvah that mekademet makademet et tikkun haolam. It brings the tikkun of the world closer. Because the ultimate tikkun of the world will come when Moshiach comes. What is the word for tikkun? Tikkun olam. Repairing the world. Perfecting the world. Let's put it that way. The ultimate perfection of the world will come when Moshiach ben David comes. But Moshiach would not come until all of the neshamot that are in the neshama chest, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, until all those neshamot come into the world, right? And all those neshamot come into this world and do the mitzvot of Hashem. Moshiach will only come until all those neshamot come and they do the mitzvot of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's when Moshiach comes. So the tikkun, the... That the perfection of the world depends on how many neshamot have come into this world and how many of them have gone into the realm of Torah and mitzvot to kind of repair the world for Moshiach to come, to pave the way for him to come. That's Rabbi Huna. Right? Rabbi Yochanan says, The mitzvah of Haolam. It is only to fix the world. What is the difference? The difference between these two opinions is Unfortunately If some people have children And those children Pass away early And they never get to marry They never get to even learn Nothing According to Rabbi Yochanan As long as you brought children into the world You've done the mitzvah According to Rabbi Huna, No there have to be children that come into the world and they get married. And a difference halachically means like this. According to one opinion, if a person, God forbid, has children and they pass away, he still has the, uh, he still would have the mitzvah of Piryavirya. He has to bring more children in order to have done the mitzvah of having children because his past children, Barminan, passed away. According to one opinion, as long as he had children, even though they didn't survive, he already did the mitzvah. The mitzvah was to have children. That's its mitzvah. According to the Shita, Rabbi Huna, that the matara of the mitzvah is to bring the neshamot into a body. As long as you bring a neshama into a body, You've done the mitzvah of Piryah But according to Rabbi Yochanan, that the purpose of this mitzvah is to le'ashevet ha'olam, to fill the world. When, the, when these children, God forbid, pass before their time, so to speak, the, the world is missing. Therefore, he has not done the mitzvah of Piryah 
And the world has not come close to being redeemed by Moshiach because those neshamot have to come back again. This is the difference of opinion between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Huna. Therefore, the Zerah Shimshon says, the difference of opinion between Chizkiyahu HaMelech and Yeshayahu HaNavi was the exact difference of opinion between Rabbi Huna and Rabbi Yochanan. Chizkiyahu HaMelech thought that what? The Geula will come. What is the purpose of Piryav Chizkiyahu Melech said the purpose of Piryav is to have children that will come and build the world and make the world a better place. They will survive, they will have more children, they will also come to better the world. That's the purpose of having children. So Chizkiyahu Melech felt that okay, if his children are not going to be like that, then there's no purpose in having kids. However, Yeshayahu Hanavi taught him, no, that is not your business. Your job, here's what Yeshayahu Hanavi is really saying. Shanavi was telling him that no, both opinions are correct. You need to take both of them together, which means what? That is none of your business what's going to happen with the children later on. Your mitzvah is to have the children. Now, did they do the yishuv? Did they not do the yishuv? Did they do the mitzvah? Did they not do the mitzvah? That's none of your business. You did what you could. But the fact that you didn't try, you didn't do any of the da'ot. You, you did not fulfill any of the opinions. Not Rabbi Yuh, not Rabbi, not Rabbi Yochanan. So what, what Chizkiyahu Melech was really doing was neither according to Rabbi Yochanan okay and neither according to Rabbi Huna okay. It wasn't okay according to any of these opinions. He was not feeding any of those opinions. He had his own opinion. Just don't do anything. That's not okay either. Alright, are, are we following? Yes? Sean is following. That's what matters. And this is what, what Abraham Avinu was thinking also. Abraham Avinu was also saying, he would rather be without children if there is even a doubt that maybe his children will grow not to do God's will. As soon as Chizkiyahu Melech knew that his children are not going to be in the way of Hashem, he did not marry. And he didn't see anything wrong with what he did. The opposite. He felt Hashem even actually, it says, Hashem wanted to make Chizkiyahu Moshiach. He was such a righteous king, he could have been Moshiach himself. Hashem wanted to make him Moshiach. So Chizkiyahu felt, I guess I did nothing wrong. I was right to withstand this and not get married. But Yeshua Hanavi said to him, If you think that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is happier for you not to have children, just so that your children don't come out to do wrong in the eyes of God, then he says, you didn't do the mitzvah, even according to Rabbi Yochanan. 
Because גמרת בדעתך שאין טעם באהבתם לעולם, שהרי לא יצא מזה שום דבר טוב לבד מחילול השם. So it's because you're thinking to yourself, if I bring children, they're going to ruin the world, so why do it? But he says that's not correct. משום שכלל לא בטוח שהשם יעניש אותם בעולם הזה, because you don't know what Hashem will decide to do with them in this world. That part of it you don't know. You only know one part. The fact that your children are going to be wicked. But you don't know what God's going to plan to do with them. Do you know God's plan? Said because the way of God is that He's very patient even with the wicked. Especially the wicked. He gives extra time to wicked people. Why? Because He waits for them to do Teshuvah. He keeps giving them more time, more and more and more time. Just so happens this past week, there was, there was a Nazi guard on trial in Germany. He's 100 years old. I saw this thing on the news. The first thing came to my mind was a Nazi guard. He was possibly responsible for thousands. They have numbers of how many people he was responsible for the death of. And he's 100 years old. Someone would see that and think to themselves, why? Why would such a person have such a long life? And, and it's not just a long life. Because they were saying the court has decided he is very, very capable of standing trial. He is all there. He's not even senile. Begs the question. <laughs> why? So there could be many answers. We don't know why. How are we going to say anything? Right? Maybe as he was the guard, maybe he had mercy on some people. Maybe he did some mitzvot. We don't, we don't know. Or maybe like, the, like we're saying here. Like Radish Baruch was very patient with those that have wronged. Maybe they'll do teshuvah. Maybe they'll repent. I don't know. Uh, I, God knows. So that's what he's saying. Because the, the way of God is that he also gives length and time to wicked people. And it could happen that that same rasha person, that same wicked person, will have righteous children. How do you know? Maybe it'll be worth it. Maybe he will be wicked, but it'll be worth of what will come later. Then it will be worth for that rasha's neshama to come to this world. Especially, he says, the fact that every decision that a person makes to do wrong is in the hands of the person himself. says, and you will see, we saw in the story of Menashe exactly what Yeshayah Melech was telling Chizkiyahu. What happened? Menashe was wicked for 22 years. Very wicked. For 22 years. But he did Teshuvah and he was a righteous king for 33 years. He was righteous for 33 years and he took back everything he did and he really tried hard to make Jews do Teshuvah. 
So we see from here, even though Hizkiyah Melech saw in the future what he thought was written, wasn't really written. Because you can never change a, per a person that is supposed to be righteous or not. There's no such thing. Person always can make the decision to become better. And what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? HaKadosh Baruch Hu constantly gives that person a chance to do better, to become better, to do Teshuvah. And Menashe, even though his father had seen that he's going to be the worst king ever, Menashe changed everything for himself because he did Teshuvah. He proved everyone wrong, so to speak. With doing Teshuvah, and Hashem accepted his Teshuvah. And this is what Yeshayah Hanavi was telling Chizkiyahu. Don't butt into God's calculations. You don't know the further outcome. You see some things, but you don't know the outcome. Therefore, when Chizkiyahu Amalek heard this, he cried from the bottom of his heart. He did Teshuvah for having those thoughts. And because of that, he was forgiven, he was given 15 years, and he, afterwards there were tzaddikim that came from his bloodline. Even Menashe himself did teshuvah. In the craziest way possible, when Hashem was punishing him, Menashe HaMelech was being burnt alive. He was being burnt alive, he was captured by the enemy, and they were cooking him. They were literally roasting him on a fire that put him into a, a tube, a metal tube that had holes in it, and they were literally roasting him. Alive on a fire. And in those moments he cried to Hashem. And he said, if you're really there, if you really exist, if you're really the God of my father, Chizkiyahu, save me and I will believe in you. And it was like, it's like the most chutzpah thing you could do. You know what I mean? Like, okay, fine, 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 fine. If you're really there, fine, save me. I'll, you know, but what does Hashem do? Forgives him. I'm saying that at that moment, the angels, hearing Menashe's tefillot, closed all the doors of tefillah. They said, no way. No way. This guy's done so much. There's not a chance we're going to let his tefillah, so to speak, reach Hashem. We don't want it. And it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu opened an opening from underneath his throne. Mitachat kisei kavodo. From under his throne to accept Menashe's tefillah. Obviously, this is metaphorical. There's no throne, there's no little hole, there's no angels, but, but it's, it's trying to make us understand metaphorically what was going on in the heavens as they were prosecuting angels saying to Hashem, you cannot forgive this person. And Hashem ended up what? Forgiving him. So going to our question. If you were God... What would you change? What would you change in the world? Your past, your future, others' future, what would you change? And I'll end with this. One time the same exact question was asked by the Baal Shem Tov from his students. If you were God, what would you change? What would you do? What would you change in the world? One said I would end hunger, one would said I would end... Uh, War, one said, I would do this, I would do that, I would make it so that the Jews would be this. So that finally, when you know, the Rebbe is listening to all these suggestions, they ask the Rebbe, the Baal Shem Tov, Rebbe, what would you do? What would you change? And his answer is unbelievable. 
said nothing. I would not change a thing. Because if I would have anything in mind to say that needs to be changed, it would be saying God's not doing a good job. He knows exactly what he's doing. Nothing needs to be changed. You just don't butt in. You need to learn to live your life and do the best that you can. Learn Torah and do the mitzvot and be righteous and be a good person. And do the mitzvot that you know you're supposed to do. Don't start calculating the future. That's not up to you. That's what Chizkiah HaMelech learned. You want to change the future? Do it one step at a time with the way you're fixing yourself. Mending your own ways. That's the way a person is given the responsibility to change the future. Not only for ourselves, but for other people also, as we've learned before. But to think of, oh, I got... No. Don't go too far. Don't think too far. Take it a step at a time. Because Hashem knows what He's doing. Leave everything else up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the next time you ask the question, if you would change anything, your answer should always be, I would change nothing. The world is perfect. Shem is doing exactly what needs to be done. I just need to fit in where I'm supposed to fit in. I gotta find my little mold. I gotta find my spot in this wonderful, beautiful, harmonious world that He has created for us. If we don't mess up, if we do what we're supposed to do, the world would be a perfect place. The reason we see all this negativity around us is because of us. Nothing to do with the way God's running the world. It's our doing. You want to make the world a better place? Stop thinking on fixing other people. Think of how to fix yourself. We need to think of how to fix ourselves. It's all about me, not the other. Baruch Adonai le'olam. Amen ve'amen.